Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our Leadership Podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Hello, everybody. Pastor Dale, just really excited to uh, talk on this podcast today about bringing the gift of prophecy down to the lowest shelf so that everybody gets to play. And I have with me uh, two incredible friends that have been called to the Lord to function in this area. Pastor Sue Yeager and Sarah Walker, both uh, for many, many years have been uh, used by the Lord and have a proven and tested ministry in the area of prophecy. Welcome, friends. Thank Uh, you. How are you today? (laughs) Awesome. And so, as I said, the... This gift, and as we get ready here at our church uh, for home groups to start up again, kids, uh, classes, sometimes people think of prophecy as a stage or as this special known person who has out-of-body experiences and says, thus saith the Lord in a very uh, spooky voice. And there's a lot of, of fear and even misunderstanding when in fact prophecy is something that 1 Corinthians 14 says that we should all earnestly seek to do. It is something that is such a gift of expressing God's love that there are three purposes of prophecy, uh, encouragement, comfort, and strengthening. I like to say firing up, building up, and strengthening up. Uh, Everything about prophecy should be wow, this is just incredible. And this is just so exciting. And yet a lot of people, because of of bad experiences, misunderstand that. Uh, For us at Heart for the World, we really see it as even a tool to reach uh, unreached and lost people. This verse in uh, Corinthians chapter 14, 24, I wanted to mention it. It says, you know, if you're all speaking in tongues, someone will come in and say, you're mad, you're, you're weird, whatever. But if you are prophesying and an unbeliever or inquirer comes in while you're prophesying, they'll be convicted of their sin and brought in a sense of that judgment as their secret in their hearts are laid bare. And then they will want to fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. And so one of our great goals, and I'm saying this directly to to our church leaders, if you lead a life group, if you're up there at prayer time, this Sunday with someone or working with kids or youth that you would expect this tool that God would hand you this tool and you would feel very comfortable using it to encourage someone to build up their identity and to uh, just uh, maybe give them a confirmation that they will know that they're on the right track. So just uh, The Bible says don't despise prophecy, but really test everything. And so can I just ask you all to give me a little testimony of what you see has been the value of a prophetic word in your life, both from you or someone that you've ministered to. 
Why is this worth diving into today? So um, this is Sarah, and I um, something that um, I've really been strengthened in is knowing um, what I'm called to. So words that I've gotten over the past few years have been you're an intercessor and um, you're called to to um, pray words and prayers that are on Jesus's heart and really speak them out. And speak Can you just, just drill a bit because this literally a prophetic intercessor, what does that mean? So a prophetic intercessor is um, a person that has a prophetic um, gift, which we all have. Every single person that is a Christian and loves Jesus has this, has a gift to, to prophesy because it's really simple. It's to strengthen, encourage, and um, comfort, strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so using that as a way to, to pray and strengthen the church, strengthen people, pray for them, love them through prayers and through scripture, using scriptures to strengthen people, speaking um, words of comfort over them in a prayer form. And so, um, and really it is an anointing that I have on my life to um to lift people up yeah. in a way that loves them. So even if I'm not even with them, just loving them and letting the Lord um, be released, releasing things in their life that they need. Yeah. And um, I think we're all called to prayer. We're all called to prophesy. And so this is not like a spooky thing on my life. It is just something that I'm called to love the church and love the world. And, um, and so as the prophetic comes, it gives sort of an upgrade or a, yeah. I call it encouragement on steroids. It's just another level of that. And do you have an experience of, of being prophesied over that really touched your life that you can recall or, or that someone you love that you saw was a real difference maker? Okay. Yeah. So when um, I first came to church here, um, you were um, praying for me and you were saying you need to forgive yourself and I was like I can't do that and anyway when I spoke the words out I forgive myself I just um, release myself um, there was just this freedom that came on to my life and you you spoke and said the Lord wants to use your voice like the Lord wants to use you. And so that was what, like 14 years wow. ago. And so that prophecy has come, has worked its way throughout my entire life. And not only am I walking in so much freedom today, I am, I'm carrying it. So where, when I talk to people, they get free and that I think is the purpose yeah. of prophecy is that it just it's it's it just goes forth and it never stops and it just continues to be something amazing in my life. So, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Sue, share with us what is, is something you've seen of value or a testimony of how God's used. Um, I think I've 
uh, always been drawn to the prophetic without even knowing what that was. But there was just something powerful. And the moment I met Jesus, I fell in love with the church. And I, I had no exposure to the church prior to getting saved. But God just put a love in my heart for the church. And, and so I think as the years went on, um, you know, different words got spoken to me. And again, I didn't even know they were words so much, just things spoken over into me. And, um, and then there, there came a time when, when the Lord said clearly to me, you cannot prophesy over what you don't love. And that was so impactful to me because I realized that that people have been hurt or people misunderstand or they have fear because we've seen wrong prophecy or been given prophecies that weren't born in love or birthed in love. And so I realized um, several years ago, as like Sarah, I have many of the same feelings. This part of this is my lane. This is where I feel like God is, is raising up things inside of me. And I, I feel like now I'm at a place where he's saying, you have to steward this gift. You have to, you have to take the responsibility to develop this gift. And so I think that's where I am now is I'm trying to develop it. And the, the, the number one way is to be in the word. <laughs> it's like we aren't going to prophesy if we're not in the word. And, and, uh, and then. The words that have been given to me, I try to be faithful to write them down or even record them, like going to different conferences, things got spoken over you to record them. And then I go back and I listen to them. And I love how Sarah said that word you gave 14 years ago is, is still moving forward. And, and what it has done is brought fruit, not just to her, but now to others. That's the nature of God is to grow. And so I feel like our prophetic words should be that. They should be something that draws people near to God. And um, so I I love what God is doing and how he is just bringing this to the front. And and again, it's like it's like in a store, you know, they put the cereal on the low aisle so the kids can see it and grab it. And I think that's what God has done with the prophetic. It's, yeah. it's here. So it's in view for all of us. It's not a few. Is not in a beat, but it's being able to simply say, wow, you are amazing, or, uh, you know, you look great today, or that was really a precious word that you shared. You mentioned just, Jason, giving you a confirmation when you were last trip. Uh, I don't give an example of how that helped you. About a month ago or six weeks ago, Jason sent me a, a, a voicemail. A voice word a voicemail word and there were several components to it but in in particular one area he said with our ministry hope centers he said uh you're gonna see a turnaround you're gonna um, see something happen with the kids with the kids learning to serve the other kids and just in the the last few months we're going through a transition in one of our areas and we have three of our girls that we grew up through Hope Centers, feeding them, sending them to school. They have graduated. They're plugged into a church. And they are now going to be the overseers of our dream release. They're going to mentor the kids. Well, Jason gave that word. 
And I didn't know about these three girls, and I didn't know about this transition when he gave the word. But just in the last week, uh, it, it all just birthed. Yeah. And so that was That's an encouragement, awesome. to, obviously, to me and to them. Because I got to tell them, you know, this was prophesied. And now you are walking in this word. And Jason had no idea about our transition or anything. So he spoke the word. He spoke the heart of the Lord to us about that. And that's such a good example that prophecy is not giving them direction or confrontation, right. but it is giving confirmation. Here's a word. Oh, that confirms what I felt. Oh, I'm on the right track. And that's pretty awesome. Um, Sunday. Jason gave a, a sort of a prophetic word about you're a 10. And then I get this email and a person said, you know, I just felt like I'm such a loser. I'm going to give up. And when he gave that word, it healed my life. So these, these simple things, uh, just examples have tremendous power. Um, one of the reasons I was excited to have Sarah, her and Jason are at uh, the Bethel school and, and the Bethel church and, you know, one thing I love to do is, is if you want to get to the top of a mountain, ask somebody who's already there. And as we're kind of there figuring out a good way to make a culture of prophecy and, and make it demystified and make it something that even kids can use. Can you just highlight for us, Sarah, a couple of things by being in that environment in Bethel where, where you see even little kids prophesying how, how do you think, what's an example of how that has become just normal? And why why does it feel so comfortable for people to operate in prophecy there? Yeah. So I think it's been years in the making um, to create this culture, but um, no one's scared of prophecy there. And I think embracing that this is a gift. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't feel like a gift, then it's being used wrong. Yeah, you gave me an example of someone just kind of not at all afraid to say, no, that's Absolutely. wrong. <laughs> that doesn't resonate with me. I do not. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That doesn't resonate with me. And um, so everyone feels pretty empowered there um, to receive prophecies or or say, well, you know, I'm not really exactly sure that fits, so I'm going to put it on the shelf wait a little bit or like or say yeah that absolutely does not resonate and I'm totally gonna flush that and so everyone just knows that they have that ability and so if someone you know I've, I've heard this prophecy like you're gonna have tons of struggles and you're gonna have hardships but God is gonna help you so you could really ask yourself, was that encouraging for me? Not really, because I didn't really want to have all that, those struggles. Um, so just taking that to the Lord God, was this you? Do you want to do you want to say something to me? And really let God guide you in that process yeah. of well, maybe maybe not. So how about we get rid of that? Or maybe there, maybe there is a struggle coming up. These are all the things that God wants you to have. 
so that when you go through it, you are well equipped and you are well comforted and you are strengthened. And so that's the purpose of prophecy is to understand that we are so empowered as individuals, we're empowered as a church to love each other and encourage each other well. And so that is the filter. Are you feeling really loved and encouraged? Do you feel stronger and braver? So there was like this time someone had given Jason, my husband, a prophecy. And he, um, like he told me about it. And I was so upset because I said, that is not encouraging. That's really scary. And, um, but God didn't give it to me. God gave it to him. Yeah. And it, he put it on the shelf. He's like, well, I'm not sure about this. So I'm going to put it on the shelf. And it turns out later when our son um, had a brain hemorrhage, um, he took that off the shelf. And it was an absolute strength to him. And so I could be offended because <laughs> that created fear. Or I could just say, well, that wasn't for me. And that the Lord wasn't speaking to me. He was speaking to him. And that was absolutely something that he needed at the time when we were having a struggle. And so that's prophecy. I really like that idea. Put it on the shelf. Yes. You don't have to, if you're not sure, you don't yes. have to do anything with it. Uh, it, it, it. But it may come back later and if God wants to do it, it's there. And yes. Yes. And I wanted both to just give examples, whether it was kids' church or in a life group. How how did the how does the prophetic just naturally operate or even in a prayer situation? Say with your kids' school where they teach little children about could you refer to that? So, you know, God speaks to all of us in simple ways, whether it's a picture in our minds or just a sense in our heart or um, an actual word that we're thinking about over and over, like faith. I, I just, I hear faith over and over when I'm praying for you, and I think that God wants to put faith inside of you. And so it's really simple. The Lord is constantly giving us um, communication, and, um, and children are really good about hearing from God. And our hearing can be seeing or it can be feeling or all the different things. And so at our kids' school, they are encouraging them to get quiet and to receive things from the Lord. For so how will they do that? They'll actually teach elementary kids yes. uh, to prophesy. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, all right, get still, go ahead. And mm -hmm. just so a lot of times they'll just give them like a little index card and a pencil and just, let's just ask God to give us a word for someone and getting really quiet, asking the Lord, can I receive uh, an encouragement for someone else? And they will just have someone in their heart. Um, and then, okay, what would you like to say, God? And then let's, they get they get a picture of a basketball, and then they'll they'll draw that out. And okay, what what do you want to say? Oh, you are so good at this. 
And God wants you to know that it's precious to him when you play basketball to that. And so my son has received that prophetic word from many of his friends. Wow. So many people give him and encourage him because it literally is his favorite thing to do. And it's precious that God is constantly yeah. encouraging yeah. him through his his classmates that this is a pleasure that the you Lord mentioned has. somewhere just like you're a good friend. Yeah. Yes. Like you're a good friend and thanks for being so fun. And it's simple yeah. and it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be grandiose. Yeah. It just needs to be authentic. And really, you know that it's authentic when you feel love. Yeah. So how about you? We use the phrase supernaturally natural. And that's one of our core values here that being anointed uh, you don't have to be weird or anything. Or you might be weird. You might be weird. <laughs> but, but really, as you deliver a ministry, it can be as common and it should just be a normal part of life. So other, other examples, whether it was in a life group or a conversation or a prayer team, give us some examples of how, how just simple ways you've seen God give a prophetic word that anybody could do. Well, just to even build up what Sarah was saying, I don't think you have to be profound to be powerful. Yeah. I think you can be so simple and and draw a basketball and say, wow, way to go. And and so I love that. I love that about God because sometimes when I watch people that I consider mentors, I go, wow, I'm, I'm not quite like them. you know. And then I have to back that up. Because again, the same Holy Spirit that's in them is in me. Yes. You're teaching on genius. So I can hear from God just like they can. And so, so I find for myself, I have to put myself in the place of hearing. Like I, I have to be cognizant of that. So I hear, I'm a visual person. So a lot of times I will see something um, like when I walked into the sanctuary, and I, the only thing I could see is the fire extinguisher. And I finally, when I saw it once or twice, I said, what, what, God, what is it you're saying to me? And he says, you are to bring the temperature down. Do not raise the temperature. And so it can be as simple as that, you know, and just like Sarah was saying, maybe there's a word that keeps coming to you over and over. Well, lean into that word. Yeah. What, what are you saying, God? I mean, it's coming up enough that I I need to pay attention. And so I think a lot of times people miss the prophetic because they aren't paying attention. Yeah. Not because they aren't getting it. And and so for me, I have to to be intent on I want to hear from you, God. I I want to know what you're saying. So do you even want to know what God is saying? That's good. Because if you do, he'll tell you. And and that's for everybody across the board and I love um, when we talk about supernaturally natural you know God is super and we're natural and I like to think of it I like simple things because that's who I am quite honestly and I love that God does put that on the low shelf for us yeah. Sue do you want to know what I want to say to you I want to tell you and and just having that relationship you know like we've talked about all this we've said you lean into what he's saying, and it's, it can really be that simple. 
So, for example, if they were in a live group and people have all shared and you just said, hey, before we close, can we listen to the Lord? Does anyone have a word of how he might want to encourage us? Sometimes we even say, maybe you should prophesy to yourself because that was mentioned right. very, very much. And if you just take that extra moment, what do you feel the Holy Spirit that could often really uh, impact people's lives yeah, in, in a great way? And I think also, you know, I don't ever want to give a word to someone I wouldn't want to hear. So that's a that's another another check marker marker for me. Like I'm not going to give a word to Sarah that that isn't something I would want not want to hear myself. And so just, again, always keeping that in a position of love. Like, yep. yes. you know what? I can speak to you because I love you. Yes. And and that would be the only word that would come out for me, you yeah. know, rather than trying to have something profound and glamorous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a huge subject. And, and again, we're not going to have time to go. This is a long series, but... When we talk about that people are afraid, there are a lot of misconceptions. And that's why when Paul says, uh, don't despise prophecy, why? Because some people start despising prophecy because they had a hurtful experience or misunderstanding. So it says, you know, be positive towards prophecy, but test. And, and you know, it's, it's both sides of that. Um, we've got a, a note about this from someone who just said, you know, thank you for addressing this subject. I know that I have some hurt from the 2020 where people in prophecy said things about the election or COVID that confused me. I've had personal words that I felt were damaging, like that disempowered my choice, like don't cut your hair or you're supposed to go here or you're supposed to vote for this person. If you don't vote for that person, something's wrong with you. Uh, just kind of give me a bunch of examples. And I think that uh, we have, as we've said, uh, bad, you know, bad prophecies happen to good people or however you want to say it. And even well-intended people can prophesy out of their flesh. And I, I think one thing is that people understand this is different than Old Testament prophecy where they were actually quoting scripture. We are not any longer under that covenant. And uh, we now have the scripture. And so when it comes to direction and correction, the word of God is given for that. And whereas prophecy in the new covenant, as you see it practiced, is now not in the role of directing, but confirming, encouraging, completing, and so forth. And I think that I would like to just give a few examples of that where this can go wrong. For example, when people say, thus saith the Lord, yeah. then suddenly it's like I played the God card. And so what can I say to that? Which I believe takes away the empowerment of a person to say, no, it's not your decision to say, thus says, it's my decision to decide whether that was the Lord or, uh, or not the Lord. Sometimes people have agendas. They want to be noticed right. or popular. So they'll say something that sounds spiritual because they want you to think they're spiritual. Others, um, just out of un, you know, controlled zeal, just start going crazy and saying things. But all of that has given prophecy a bad name. And 
it needs to be refocused and reframed in a way. And so one of that thing is I say, wherever there's influence, there has to be accountability. So before you get a stage or you get the right to someone, you're like, I'm not going to give my, let my kids be taught by anybody. Even school teachers don't get to tell my kids anything they want to hear. They, there's, they've got to be accountable. And, and someone can't just walk in a church as if they were Moses coming in. They have to come under the same boundaries. If somebody said, I want to sing a song at church. I want to, I want to give a sermon at church. Well, if, if you do, it will be up to those in authority and it will be yes. under the the protocol and order that the church has set up. So I don't know, just any comments on, on your thought about how to make prophecy safe and what should someone do if you've been hurt by prophecy in the past and you're tempted to just shut the door on it? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, I love what you're saying and I love that you said it's subject to testing. Yeah. And it absolutely has to be tested. And the person who is risking um, the prophecy coming out and and um, saying, this is what I think the Lord is saying, um, is automatically subjected to that testing period by the people that are receiving it. And Chris Valentin said um, something really amazing when he was kind of walking out the whole 2020. He had prophesied that um, Trump would um, win and then it didn't happen. And so he made a statement and he said, humility and love is the way forward. And it absolutely is. And that um, if we can just understand that there is um there is a testing and if it it didn't come up the, the prophecies that i've um released are subject to that and i'm willing to clean up a mess say wow i didn't realize that didn't happen or didn't happen the way i thought especially if you're going to give re- really directional yeah. words um like don't cut your hair. Um, but, you know, let's, uh, that feels a, a little bit direct, way directional. And so for those, the, the hearer of that or the receiver of that prophecy has to take it through the testing. Is that true? If it's not, give the feedback. Well, um, that didn't resonate or that um, completely... <laughs> is um is against what the Lord has told me personally. And so to really understand this as a community, we have to be willing to to talk about this. Did that did that work? Did that not? And and humility and love have to be the filter for how we grow the prophetic. That was very good. And, and you mentioned Chris Valton. He said, I was wrong. And that's that's very yes. simple. Yes. Uh, one of the things I say, like any other ministry in the church, like if you're in a life group, uh, what are you released to prophesy? Whatever is encouraging, strengthening, yes. and edifying. Well, what if I have a word of correction? Well, you're not authorized 
under our church covering to give that. You can give that to me. You can give that to the senior pastor or the leaders to judge. You don't have the authority to go directly. So if someone in a life group starts prophesying all this, telling people this, uh, then you say, sorry, thank you, but we can't receive that. That's not in order. And and it's just a way so that people feel safe. Uh, And Sue mentioned uh, that rule of love, because, of course, the prophetic book there in 1 Corinthians 14 and 12, right in the middle of that is 1 Corinthians 13. Wow. And, and love is to become the standard. Does this, uh, does this edify? Does this, uh, any other thoughts, Sue, about just making prophecy safe? And what do you do if you were hurt by a prophecy uh, so that you don't start to despise it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it- you guys have done a good job with that. I, I would say I believe it's up to the church leadership to establish what your roles are going to be. If you want to create that culture, then, um, you know, people have to move within, within that culture. So there should be that level of safety for people coming in, realizing that publicly this is how we're going to give words. And I, I think that's helpful to people, um, you know, so... So that's what we're in the process of doing right now is, is we want this to be on the low shelf. Here's the, the guidelines that as a church we're comfortable with. Um, I also think the word always has to be congruent with scripture. Right. And so if people are telling you, well, cut your hair, or in the case we had a lady in El Paso that she felt like the Lord told her to go out in the desert for 40 days. She had young children. She actually bought food, left them in the house with the kids and took off to the desert. Obviously, that wasn't a good word, and and so you know it has to match up. It has to has to match up. And, and again, you said this. It has to bear witness with the person who's receiving it. So I love that we can say, you know, no, I don't think that's for me. And it's okay when we do it in that context. We're we're communicating, and I think that when we have a setting like we're talking about starting. A, you know, a habitation or whatever where people can come and give words and give them in the context of if you miss it, it's okay, we're going to celebrate that because you try. Right. But but here, let's move it in a different direction. And so we want to celebrate people being bold and stepping out and learning that. And I think if you've been given a foreword, our daughter was in England and she was at a conference and from the stage, a speaker gave her a terrible word. I was so angry, honestly, about it. But her pastor was so good and immediately came in and the people who gave the word apologized. You have to be accountable. If you're going to give words, you have to be accountable for what you right. say. And um, and it, it took her a while, uh, you know, because she's sensitive. She wanted to do what God is saying, all of that. But it, it was just a poor word. Yeah. And so it, it takes walking through that and, in, and encouraging the person, bringing them always back to, but God didn't say that, um, you know, just time, really. Right. And I, will, I like what you're saying. I want to pull that out because for every one person that abuses prophecy, there's probably far more who are afraid to give a prophecy right. because what if I abuse it or, you know, you've got more of those kind of people that then would say, well, I don't even want to risk doing that. And and you brought up the idea that this is 
this is not like perfection and the culture is safe to make honest mistakes as long as you're trying to build up others. And I wanted to add that since both of you have whatever you call it, a prophetic wiring, uh, uh, John Paul Jackson, the famous prophet said, most prophetic people have been pastored poorly and have misunderstood their role and many have become hurt and either alienate themselves from the body of Christ or become angry and begin to assail the body of Christ. It takes a special gift. Uh, I, I know with my own mother that she had a gift of prophecy that sometimes even her, people in her own family don't understand. Wow, she's in a trance. She's 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 crying for two days. She's she's laughing uncontrollably. Uh, is she crazy? No, it was an intercession, but people didn't understand her, and so her denomination uh, kind of canceled her. And and even can't say all the family quite figured out what to do. The truth was she had a genuine gift that needed encouragement and needed coaching and help. And uh, just what would you say to someone who sincerely wants to do the right thing with their prophetic gift, but they weren't pastored well, they think they're just weird or odd. And and how would you encourage them? And, and I hope Heart for the World could be the place they yeah. could come and say, it's really okay if some of things the way you're wired make you very unique, you know? So any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think I, in a way, felt like I was very weird <laughs> for being wired the way I'm wired. And it just turns out that I'm just gifted differently. And so I just, yeah, just to um, encourage anyone really that feels nervous or really curious that the Lord has put um, this huge, you know, backyard of to explore and that he is our guide and he is, he's Jesus and Holy Spirit. They're one of their, um, you know, functions to us is to teach us and help us and grow us and, they're amazing, and this is just one of those those things that the Lord will help us grow in if you ask Him. Yeah. And so it's really just the asking, Lord, help me. Would you help teach me? Would you help me understand who I am and why I'm the way I am? And um, and I think that you know, R I uh, risk is. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, you know, and so when we step out, the Bible says that we please the Lord. Our faith pleases God. And so that when we risk, that we understand that we are covered by God. And if we do it in a way that is, it is humble and it is full of love, God's covering us. We have safety to risk saying things and just really um i think those are the benchmarks so we won't shame you (laughs) yes yes and that if we do it you know and so i would just encourage step out um if you feel something in your heart step out and i remember the story um it was the early days in bethel and everyone was excited about 
prophesying. So everybody was writing words. And um, I think it was Benny Johnson who said it was a little bit overwhelming at times because there were so many prophetic words coming in and everyone wanted their prophetic word read. And so they would be sitting up at the front in, in like a worship service and they would just be getting piles and piles of, of prophetic words. And so they would do their very best to go through and say, well, this is what we're going to read. And she said some people came away disappointed, but they did. They just said, guys, let's not get disappointed. Let's keep going after this as a community because this is the heart of God. And so even just knowing that you know, if everyone gets really excited and everyone's practicing and everyone's doing doing the, prof, the prophetic life, then you know, there, if we just go through it with the sense that God is covering us and we can do this and, um, and then just letting everyone know that if they have a prophetic word, they're afraid that you are an amazing pastor. So go to you and say, I feel this. I don't know. Please help me or go to one of the other pastors that, um, Anna or Sharon and, and, to get some guidance from you, Sue, and know that that there are leaders to help those that are feeling really afraid. One of the things we really encourage you is if you're why that way, you know, be part of the prayer teams and they train you, Sue and, and Michelle yeah. and others, and then be with someone who's seasoned and, and so you're getting coached as as you learn to. That's one of the best ways to get coached here yeah. is is as that. Any other thoughts on that? Just uh, and then I want you guys to kind of wind it up on just tell us how you prophesy, how you activate that. I'm sure you don't always feel 100 volts of electricity, but how you just, yeah. Bible says, uh, every time you have faith to do it, prophesy. It doesn't say every time you have a feeling to do it. And so I would just be curious to describe uh, whether it's writing it down or speaking or however you do it. Uh, how do you prophesy? Just a couple more thoughts on um, how you know on what we were talking about. I I do hope my prayer is that we're building a culture here of the prophetic, which means I hope we're going to start doing some coaching sessions, just like you were talking about. You know, team up with other people that you know move. Like when I when I got saved, I told you I didn't know anything about anything. And so we had a little church on Harlan Street in El Paso, and I used to sit on the front row and I would watch Dale pray. And I would, I would watch where he put his hands, how he would speak, did he close his eyes, everything. Cause I thought, okay, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to learn this. And then the day came, he asked me to join him. And, and, you know, so watch people who are props. Like I watched. I watch videos all the time or listen to different ones, to a Randy Clark, Clark, to a Dan McCullough, to a Chris Valentin. How do they do it? To a Ben Armstrong. So find yourself some mentors and, and watch them and listen. And, you know, uh, so do that. I, I think that's been very helpful to me in doing that. And, and, uh, you know, there's many different ways to prophesy. And like Sarah says, she's a prophetic intercessor or Dale gets a text or you run to somebody in Walmart. If you get all these words, 
write them down, and you're going to use them anywhere. I get words often because I ask, honestly. I, I'm That's always That's a really asking. good point. You ask. I ask. I want to know, what are you doing today, Jesus? Yeah. And, you know, there's so many times I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting in a service and I'm going, come on, Dale, ask me. Ask me what I'm what God's saying. And he doesn't um, because he doesn't. But I've written those words down. And I promise you, when I go to the Philippines or to another church, those words come back and they get used. So if God's giving you words, write them down, tuck them away. You know, I write sermons out and I don't get asked to preach, but I've got my sermons ready if I do, or I've got my words ready in case that's where the Lord is moving. So I, I do that often, always with my words. I write them down. Beautiful. And so I'll just go forward and say, how do I activate or how do I hear? Is that what you were asking? Yeah, activate. Is a great word. How, how you know? There was times where you weren't sure, but you did it. And and what's the difference between a lot of people who, who prophesy regularly and those who never do? It probably is something to do with their faith or their, their yeah. so. And something to do with your faith is good. Um, I love activations, so I do them all the time. I honestly, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but it might. I almost make it a game. So, for instance, if my phone rings before I pick it up, I ask God, who's calling me? And I turn it over. And you know what? Sometimes I'm right. Or somebody's at my door. Or all of a sudden it comes to my mind, well, I'm going to hear from so-and-so. And I do. So I am activating all the time. I am trying to just work on my gifting. Like you're know? expecting it to happen. I That's absolutely huge. expect it to happen. And that... That just comes, that's not because I'm good. That's because I'm disciplining myself to believe why wouldn't God speak to me? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I love activation. And sometimes you prophesy to yourself, right? Some oh. people ask, how did I start to prophesy? Yes. I prophesy to myself. <laughs> and I put my hands on my head yeah. or my heart and I prophesy. And just uh, last week I had an example, a friend of ours, they're, they're farmers their family farms in Kansas and they were getting ready to farm their wheat and she has certain acreage uh, left from her family and she's very generous with that when the crops come in and she said the crops are not going to be good this year soon because of the weather and whatever and I said no I said we're in a shortage of wheat God God wants your wheat to get to the market so I'm I say no to that I'm going to believe there's going to be a, a bounty and she had given me a jar of wheat seeds kernels many years ago. So I went every day and I prayed over that jar. And I said, multiply, just multiply. Yes. So she called me on Monday and she goes, girl, you better sit down. We got the biggest crop we ever got. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And not only that, there were people in their area that didn't even bring in their crops because they said they're no good. Wow. And I said, no, that is not what heaven is saying. That's a great testimony. And so just, you know, go, go and put your hands on a jar of wheat and say multiply or or i heard at dan mccollum's church they were in a drought so they took spring water and poured it in a uh, some whatever it's called and two weeks later uh you know they got rain and rain and rain so i like the activations 
Like I'm in faith, God. I if I'm a fool for praying over week, so be it. Good. Yeah. You know. Good. I love that. So thank you. I think just activate. Just step yeah. out. Just do it. Yeah, that's so good. Oh. Wow. How about you, Sarah? So I just practice, yeah. practice, 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 and I think you know when you have received a word. And you feel so encouraged and seen by God. Um, you just want to share that. Yeah. <laughs> you want other people to feel that way too. And so just, I think, comparing off with somebody else, we do that a lot. And practice. And um, not trying to make anything up. But if if you look at someone and just feel the love that God has for them, the love that um, Jesus has put over their life, and God has put love on everybody, and just looking at them, just saying, "Who what, who are you, and what? How can I encourage you?" Um, we are prophetic people. We are meant for yes, this. We are yes. created to encourage and love each other and to receive love from God. This is who we are. So this is not hard. It is actually very natural. And to just practice it up. And so I would, um, we practice sometimes prophesying over each other and our family. I'll have the kids say something. And, you know, they usually are just like up for just one word or just something. But, um, Sometimes I will have my daughter, who is five years old, I'll have her sit with me and I'll say, draw a, a prophetic word. Wow. And so she'll draw a picture and then I will probably, I'll, I'll share that with someone. I'm like, well, who is this for? And she'll say, it's for the, them. And so we'll go and tell them. So one time she drew a mermaid and she um, gave it to this lady and the lady was so touched she said i have been swimming in the ocean and god has um had me go every morning and swim in the ocean just to get over some fears and my daughter drawing a mermaid really encouraged her and i it's so simple a five-year-old can can do it that's all a five-year-old can do it yes let me just say as we get Right, Bob. Just you. Many of you feel empathetic feelings. Can I just give you my rule? You know, my rule is: if I feel something real negative about a person, that means me and the Lord are going to pray. Yeah. And I'll never say another word. Yeah. Hopefully, sometimes, but hopefully not. But if I see something and I empathize and see and feel something really fantastic about that person, then I'm going to try to prophesy to them. Yes. And so I often just garner my heart. And uh, and again, it, as I said, it does not mean that you don't get negative words. I do believe that God will warn you, people and all that. But many doesn't mean you have to give them. Right. Uh, it means you pray and intercede for them. But then if it's a word that says, I know this would encourage them, some way or another, I give it. And uh, that really can happen every single day of your life. If you just walk in the room and you're just conscious, uh, someone need encouragement. Guess what? 
every time someone needs every encouragement. Time. So yes. that kind of, like they said, if they're breathing, they need encouragement. <laughs> That's a good test. That's good. And uh, awesome. Well, I want to just pray over us, and I want to encourage you to raise the level of your faith for this gift to be activated with your kids. I just so love that example. With yourself, David prophesied to himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself uh, with your life group, with someone you pray with. So, Lord, I thank you. You said stir up the gift that's within us. Lord, you said this is a tool of warfare, remembering the prophetic words when later on we get a lot of negative words. I thank you how Caleb, Lord, even after he was getting negative after negative, referred back to the first word the Lord gave that we were well able to overcome. I pray that you will stir up faith for this in Heart for the World and other churches that are listening today. And it will become a naturally supernatural blessing in which you will release power, faith, confirmation, healing, and signs and wonders. We believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for taking this and applying it. And God bless you. It was great. Thank you, guys. We could have gone on a lot more. We should do it again sometime. But that was very helpful. And um, I meant, and probably we'll bring it up in one of our services related to identity, how the Father's blessing kind of goes with prophecy. So much of this is about affirming identity and how you give uh, identity prophecies. Oh, so, I can't really say anything about that, but yeah, but yeah that's weird. We'll, yeah. we'll follow up on that. Yeah. That was the one I forgot that I meant to bring up. Totally. But Thank yeah. you all so much. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.